Well, she is really cute. It's um, <laughs> uh, my wife. Um, clarify. Uh, that's uh, yeah. That's uh, her name's Mel Hendrickson. I'm John Hendrickson. I'm one of the pastors uh, on staff at Daybreak, and she is actually uh, also on staff at Daybreak and directs our global ministries. And so, if you're someone that we're, some of what we're going to be talking about today is a lot of stuff that Daybreak's up to or a part of globally. And so, if you if you ever have questions about uh, anything we're doing, anything our denomination is doing. Um, if you're somebody that maybe you want to consider at some point going overseas, either on a short-term trip for Daybreak with Daybreak or uh, longer term, she's a great resource, great person to talk to, uh, loves to talk about that kind of stuff. So I would encourage you to, to, to check in with her uh, on that. We are, uh, as Matt said, or we've been having technical difficulties this morning. Uh, just to let you know about that. Uh, we uh, are moving towards the last few weeks in our road trip series uh, where we've been talking about this idea of that we're all on a journey with Jesus and that as we journey with him, as we walk with him, he's constantly uh, changing us and transforming us and doing, uh, doing new things uh, in us and through us. And so we've been talking about the fact that we are uh, on a journey with Jesus together in following him, but then also each one of us individually is on a, is on a journey with him and, and are all, at all different places uh, in our relationship uh, with him as well. And so last week we talked about serving. We talked about this, this, the, the fact that Jesus invites us to be servant-oriented with our lives. We talked about a, different, of the, a couple of different ways that that plays out in our lives. And today we're going to jump, uh, kind of jump off of that topic a little bit, build on it a little bit, and talk about what it looks like to extend our trip what it looks like to, to extend our trip. Because as we think about this idea of a road trip, uh, as we talk about what it, uh, what it looks like to journey with Jesus, we come to the realization or we come to a point where we, where we see that God's inviting us to extend ourselves outside of our comfort zones, to step outside of just the places that we're most familiar, uh, outside the walls of our, of our church, uh, outside of our just wherever we're most comfortable in order to be a blessing to other people, in order to be the, the type of people that he invites us uh, to be. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. I want to ask you to pull out your outline. Uh, if you haven't, haven't done that already, it's going to help you follow along. Uh, one of the, the, the words, it's kind of a trendy word right now that gets thrown around a lot with this idea of extending your trip, uh, is the word mission or missional. A lot of times you might hear that word uh, thrown around and what it, the, the, the basic idea of it is that as we read scripture, as we read throughout scripture, we, see, we get this picture of God being a God who is on a mission, of God being missional in the very nature and in the core of who he is, that he's in the process of pursuing humankind, that he's, that he's come to us and that he's inviting us to return to him uh, through the person of Jesus Christ. And so as Jesus' followers, we're invited to be a part of that mission as well. He says, he, he says that he actually wants us to participate in that, to be a part of his, uh, of, of his restoring and, and redeeming uh, humankind, calling them back to his self. And so at Daybreak, we believe that we're, we're actually called to invite and include other people in our own journeys uh, with Jesus. If you've We've talked about our vision statement a couple times over the last few uh, weeks uh, throughout this series, uh, and our vision statement right at the very beginning says that part of what we are is we're about, we're about helping people discover this life-changing journey with Jesus, that we want to be people who, who uh, value including other people and inviting them to get to know Jesus uh, as well. We're not invited by Jesus to just 
uh, become people who are inward focused and it's just kind of like a self-improvement project of some kind. But we believe that he calls us to be uh, outward focused, to be focused on loving God and loving others. And so that's what this idea of extending our trip or, or what this, this term mission or missional is all about. Uh, there's an, a quote there in your outline at the very top from um, a seminary professor and author, and he says this. He says that missional describes not a specific activity of the church, but the very essence and identity of the church as it takes up its role in God's story in the context of its culture and participates in God's mission to the world. So that's what we're, we're talking a little bit about today is how does that play out? What does it look like? How do we... How can we start to orient our lives around this idea that God, that, that Jesus invites us to extend this road trip, this relationship that we have with him to others? So the first blank there in your outline is this, is that extending our trip involves reflecting God's heart for all people. Reflecting God's heart for all people. And when we first think about this idea that God has a missional heart, that that's what, that that's what he's about, the first thing that, we, that typically comes to mind uh, is the story of Jesus, right? What, what we see reflected in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Because there's been, there's, there's been no greater demonstration of this missional heart that God has than his willingness to come in, in human flesh, to sacrifice himself on the cross in order to bridge the gap between us and God to pay the penalty that our sins deserved and then to defeat Satan, Satan, death, and hell through resurrection. This story of Jesus is, is the, at the very center of God's heart for people. And that's why when we talk about the good news of what Jesus is all about, that's why we, that's why we declare it that way is because it's the ultimate demonstration of God's missional heart. But when we look at Scripture, God's missional heart is evident throughout Scripture, not just in, that, in, in the, piece, the pieces of the story uh, of Jesus. And so in your outline there are just a few examples of other places in scripture and there are many where uh, we see God's missional heart reflected this this idea that God has the, has a, a love for all people. In Genesis 12:3 God made a covenant with Abraham and with he had this special relationship with him and so part in part of that covenant he says this he says I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And so God tells Abraham right off the bat, he says, look, I'm going to bless you in order to be a blessing. I'm going to use you to be someone that people around, around the world get to know me through. It's going to be through you, Abraham. And then in Psalm 117, we find this phrase. It says, praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people of the earth. Uh, through the prophet Isaiah, God said, so I will gather all nations and people together, and they will see my glory. And then in Matthew 28, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And then in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, we find these words, uh, who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous deeds have been revealed. And there are hundreds more scriptures that we don't have time to get into, but over and over and over again in scripture, we see this point being made that God's heart is for all people, that God loves all people. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died for us while we were still sinners. And that's why he spent so much time teaching when he was, when he was living, teaching us how to live, how to um, love other people, how to love one another, how to love our enemies, how to love the outcasts, how to love 
the, the sick, how to love the stranger, because when we do that, we're reflecting the heart of our creator. We're reflecting God's heart. Now, one of the most famous passages of Scripture that, that illustrates this missional heart idea and highlights this invitation for us to be missional, missional is, is referred to as the Great uh, Commission. And it's one of the last things, for those of you who are familiar with this, it's one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended uh, into heaven. And it's right there in your outline. This was, something that he, this was a, a really important thing that he wanted to make sure they understood before he left. And I was wondering, is anybody willing to read those couple of verses for us. Any volunteers? Thank you. Um, then Jesus came to them, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, so Jesus gathers his disciples together, and then he says these things. He says, go and make disciples. Make followers of people of all nations. I want you to go everywhere. I want you to make followers of all nations, baptizing them into relationship with our family, teaching them to obey, teach them to live the way that I, that I have lived. That's an important piece of this. Is he says, I want you to follow. I want you to teach them how to follow me, and as you do that, I'm going to be with you the whole time. One of the things that I uh, love about being a part of Daybreak is we have the privilege of being a part of a, of a denomination uh, that's always been missional, that's always been about this. This, this Great Commission is something that we take very, uh, very seriously. Uh, we're part of this larger network or larger family of churches called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Just curious, how many of you knew that before you came in this morning? Uh, okay, most of you. So we're, we're, a, we're a part of this denomination called the Christian and Missionary Alliance that was started in the, in the 1800s um, by a guy named A.B. Simpson and has always been about this great commission. Like This has been like the big passion of this, this movement of churches. And today in the United States, there are about 500,000 or so people that are involved in 2,000 or so churches uh, that are CMA uh, in the United States. And there are... There are over 700 international workers that have been sent to 70-plus countries around the world to serve and to tell the story uh, of Jesus. And a big part of what our denomination focuses on is places in the world where they've had little or no access to the story of Jesus, to the gospel. Like, they just they don't even know who he is. They haven't heard, um, heard about him at all. And so a big part of what we, what we focus on is to go to those people so that they have an opportunity to hear this, this story and, re- and respond to uh, to Jesus' invitation. And one of the cool things is, is that we, as, as the, our denomination has grown, we actually have far more churches outside of the United States now than we do in. There are actually over 20,000 churches and 6 million people involved in uh, CMA stuff worldwide, which is just, it's, it's, it's really cool um, if you think about it. And our, our denomination put together a little video that I want to show you this morning uh, to just reflect some of the, the, the beauty and the diversity of some of the, the ways that our denomination has, has worked and some of the places and people uh, that, are, that we've been able to be a part of. And so what I want to encourage you to do as we watch this is just to be able to celebrate a little bit the fact that God loves all people and, and to be able to, to think a little bit in that perspective this morning.
So the purpose of Christ in redemption was not to save us from hell primarily, but it was to save us unto worship, that we might become again worshipers of the living God. chance to see a little bit about what's going on uh, in our denomination. There are a lot of great denominations out there, a lot of great organizations doing a lot of cool stuff, uh, but it's neat to, to be able to see one of those that we're a part of, that we get to be a part of just by the nature of the family, our church family. And so uh, the CMA does all kinds of stuff from church planting to leadership training to humanitarian uh, aid and crisis relief to uh, small business development to medical, all kinds of things all over the place. And so it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a cool uh, thing that we get to be uh, a part of. A couple of the statistics. Um, every four minutes, someone chooses, in, this, in the CMA around the world, every four minutes, someone chooses to trust Jesus for the first time. Every week, 3,000 new believers are baptized. And every month, 250 churches or church groups join in with what the CMA is doing. And so I think it's just a cool thing to celebrate and to be a part of. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, he said, look, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptize them, to teach them to obey what I've commanded you. And I think it's just a privilege, it's a cool thing to be a part of a denomination that values that. There's actually um, now missionaries uh, from other countries that come to the United States uh, to serve particularly people that are of their uh, ethnic group and background to be missionaries here to tell them about Jesus, which is really cool when you start to learn and see some of the ways that that's uh, happening uh, within, the, within the CMA. So I just want to encourage you, uh, 
to, uh, there's two, two ways you could respond to this, what the CMA does globally. One is check out their website, see what they do, learn more about it. It's uh, not on your outline, I should have put it there, but it's cmalliance.org. Just a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, you can also ask, my, ask Mel, uh, she knows everything about that. Uh, not really. Uh, the other thing is in December, uh, we're going to be doing our global giving projects, which we've done around Christmas time, and those tie to uh, some of the, the partners that we have that, that work in various parts around the globe within the CMA. So I want to just kind of uh, let you know that that's coming up uh, in December. All right, so extending our trip involves become, becoming people who reflect God's heart for all people, becoming those types of people. The second thing it involves is, number two, developing a local and global perspective, which is obviously very closely tied to, to God's heart. And when we begin to recognize and adopt this heart that God has um, for all people, and when we understand that part of our role as followers of, of Jesus is to reflect God's missional heart, it starts to grow us and to change us uh, and expand our, our perspective. So uh, we're going to turn our attention to Acts chapter 1. And in, in, in the book of Acts, uh, it's, it's a story of the early church or, the, or the, the people who were first coming together to try to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus now that he's ascended into heaven. What does it look like for us to follow uh, Jesus, to learn to do that. And so in the very beginning of Acts, while Jesus is still here, right before he ascends, he, start, he, he talks to them uh, and he gives them some encouragement and lets them know that the Holy Spirit is going to come and empower them uh, to do what he's called them to do. So in uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 8, which is right there in your outline, it says this, Jesus is talking here. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. Now, in the middle of that verse, uh, there's, there's a word that I want to draw your attention to where Jesus is saying, look, this is what your role is going to be. This is what it's going to look like for you to do what I've called you uh, to do. And he says, you're going to be my witnesses. That's the word he uses, is my witnesses. He says, you guys, my disciples, you're going to be my witnesses. And when I think about witness, I always think of like court cases, right? Like that's typically the picture that comes uh, to mind for me. And, and when you're in a court situation, when a witness is called to the stand, they're invited to, to what? They're, they come up front, they're asked to tell what? The truth? The whole truth and nothing but the truth, right? Like that's what, their, that's what their job is. Their role is to testify to their experience of what happened, to, to say what they've seen and heard with their own eyes and ears. And so when Jesus is telling them, he says to them, look, you guys are going to be my witnesses. He's saying, I want you to testify to other people the truth about who I am, and I want you to testify about what your experience has been like as, you, as you've been with me. I want you to tell them what it's been like to be uh, with me. And so he says, I want you to testify to this fact that God loves all people, that God loves all people, and that his greatest act of love was to send me not only to show you the way to live life to the fullest, the way that you were originally intended to live it, uh, but, but also to die for you, to pay for your mistakes so that you can have that relational uh, gap bridged between you and God. I want you to testify to that story of what God has been up to. And then he says also that as witnesses, I want you to testify not only to that story of what, what uh, God's been up to, but I also want to talk to you about how you are being, I want you to talk about how you are being changed and transformed and remade and forgiven in your relationship 
with God. I want you to tell your story. And so witnesses tell God's story, what, what he's been up to, but then they also tell from their own experience how they've seen God at work in their own story. And so is Jesus asking, uh, asking his followers to be Bible experts? No, he's not. Is he asking them to know how to answer all of the big philosophical questions that might arise? No. Is he asking them to have all of the answers anytime somebody doesn't understand why God does this or would allow this or that kind of thing? No. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, look, I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to testify to what I've done. I want you to tell my story, and I want you to tell your story. And so as witnesses, that's what he invited them to do, and that's what we are invited to do as well to testify to the truth, recognizing and celebrating what God has done both for us as well as in us. And so it's that, it's that witnessing then that gives a, a unique purpose to the way that we serve other people, or it gives a unique purpose to the way that we give or, or to the way that we show love to someone else because as we become the people who Jesus has called us to be, our role is bigger than just to like help and be nice. Right? Like it's, it's, it's bigger than that. Witnessing is bigger than that. It's more than just trying to do as much good as we possibly can or fix as many problems as, as we can or help as many people as we can. All of those things are really good things that are framed in this calling to serve as a witness to who Jesus is because we believe ultimately that, that it's that reconciliation with God that's what's most important, that people most are in need of. And so our involvement in serving or helping or, or blessing or giving or loving, all of those things are done as an act of worship that point back to him. Uh, there's a, a book called A Field Guide uh, for Everyday Mission where the author puts it this way. He says this. He says, mission is not truly mission if it doesn't involve Jesus. Uh, empty moralism is doing nice things for people. It makes us feel good and even benefits others for a time. But moralism alone stops short of mission. It doesn't require or point to Jesus. It lacks eternal impact, and it often stems from poor motives. We must both display the gospel by our actions and declare it by our words. Does your mission point people to Jesus, or does it just do nice, or does, or just do nice things for others to feel good about yourself? God's mission is as old as history, as broad as every inch of land on which a follower of Jesus stands, and as necessary to life in Christ as discipleship or community. And so what, what he's saying here and what Jesus was, was talking about in this idea of telling us to be his witnesses is that as we love and serve others, as we live uh, our lives the way he invites us to, he invites us to do all of those things while also telling his story and telling our story always pointing back to him, giving him the glory, because ultimately, God is what we most need. Fixed problems is not what we most need ultimately. God is what we most need. And so Jesus says, you guys are the ones to do this. You guys are to be my witnesses. And then he goes on from there, right? He says, I want you to be my witnesses, and then he gives them some locations. What are the, what are the locations he lists there? He says what? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Yeah, and there's a diagram right there in your outline that talk about these because those are not places uh, that we typically, I don't frequent. Has anyone ever been to Jerusalem? Anyone? A few, a few people have? Okay, yeah, a few of you guys have been. On missions trips, right? Yeah, okay, we have a partner, some partners that are out in the Middle East area. Um, yeah, so, so 
One way to think about this that helps to frame it is to, to think about these different words in terms of relationship and how that might, then, then it's easier to pull it into the context that, that you, you and I are in. And so uh, when we look at Jerusalem, the smallest circle there, uh, a way to think about that is the people that are my friends and family that I know well. Like these are the people that I just, that I come into contact with regularly, that I know really well, that I have some, some good relationship with. That's one group of people that we're invited to be witnesses to. A second group of people, Judea, are the people that are in my, that are in my general community, maybe region, you might think of like South Central PA or something like that. So there's a lot of people that we don't know, uh, but they're people that are within my community in, that, in, in this general region. And then in Samaria, the term Samaria might refer more to people that are in our area, but that are different than us in some way. So maybe they're racially different, or they're financially they're in a different place, or their language is different, or they live in different neighborhoods, or they have different uh, interests or uh, physical abilities, that kind of stuff. And so there's ways to think about uh, all of those things, and then ends of the earth obviously is everywhere else, right, all throughout uh, the world. And so what I want to do really quickly is ask you to reach into your uh, program and pull out this yellow insert. I just want to draw your attention to this really quick. Um, this is a great way over the course of the next few weeks for us to bless somebody else in the name of Jesus locally. And so uh, these are some, some things that are happening uh, in our area that you have a chance to participate in, to, to some ways to serve, some ways to give. Uh, there's a, an opportunity to give uh, benevolently there's a, a New Hope Ministries, one of the, the organizations that we partner with. Are, they need 5,000 turkeys to meet the need uh, for Thanksgiving. So if any of you want to donate 5,000 turkeys, you're welcome to do that, uh, or even just one or two. But if you'd like to respond in that way, you can write, uh, write it on your card, and we'll, um, we'll get that organized. Um, our Heart of Harrisburg, our church um, partner church in Harrisburg, is serving Thanksgiving dinner uh, and could use some help with that. Um, our children's ministry is collecting gifts for Stop the Violence Ministries in Harrisburg. Our Daybreaker, Daybreak's Prime Timers Ministry, which is the 50-plus ministry, is doing a dinner and outreach. And then Daybreak's uh, People Helping People Ministry, which is connected with our care ministry, is doing some Christmas blessings things as well. So I just want to encourage you, these are some great ways to respond practically uh, to some of the, the, uh, the things that are happening in our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And so I want to encourage you, we'll have this in your uh, program the next couple of weeks, and then the response time and some of the things that are happening, it'll probably extend uh, a little bit past Thanksgiving. But it's just a great, real uh, simple way to get, to get involved in what God's doing uh, locally. So when we look at these different circles, we look at the, about these different places that Jesus invites us to be witnesses, we realize that following Jesus is a boundary-crossing um, it's a faith-stretching experience. We can't follow him. We can't uh, be his witnesses and always stay within our comfort zone. We can't do both of those things. It's not possible. He's always inviting us to step out in faith and to trust him in new ways, to, to be his disciples, to be his witnesses, to share his story and our story with people near us that we know, that we don't know, people that are near us that are different than us, as well as even people that live in other parts of the world. And so as, day, as, as, as daybreak, this church, we want to be people who reflect this missional heart that, that God has and constantly be saying, okay, Jesus, how are you calling us to be witnesses in new, play, in new ways or in new areas uh, around the world? And so it, it requires us to develop this local and global uh, perspective. The third... Uh, third blank there in your outline is this, is that extending our trip also involves, number three, living as God's empowered storytellers. 
living as God's empowered storytellers. So in this Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus calls uh, his followers to be what? Just making sure you're still awake. What does he call them to be? Witnesses, right? Yeah, he calls them to be his witnesses, and then he invites them to be witnesses basically everywhere, right? He lists these different things, but it's basically everywhere I want you to be my witnesses. And now I want to read that verse again, because in the first part of the verse, it talks about how, like how this is going to happen, or kind of the foundation of that. And it says this, let's reread that verse. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so our our ability uh, to be his witnesses, that he longs for us to be in those places that he's calling us to be, comes from the power that he says, I'm going to give you through the Holy Spirit. The foundation of our witnessing is is this relationship with God, this ongoing, life-changing journey with Jesus where we're constantly learning how to surrender to him in new ways, to surrender to his leadership, his wisdom, his guidance, and his direction in our life. And so then, out of that is how the missional activity flows. It all, it all stems from that. And so when we're doing life with God, when we're connected with him relationally, serving as his witness is something that, that happens much more naturally. It becomes more and more um, a habit that is just a, a way of life. And so as we stay connected with him more closely, we begin to follow his lead more completely, and that's when we start to notice the Holy Spirit empowering us in, in some different ways. Or we, we notice that he's kind of nudging us to share our story with someone or where he's opening doors for us to tell God's story or where he's inviting us to step outside of our comfort zone to serve somebody or to give in some way. Uh, it's all about learning to, uh, how to allow God's Holy Spirit to empower us in the moment. And for me, in my journey with Jesus, um, the idea of being empowered by the Holy Spirit is something that at various parts of the journey I've kind of pictured it a little bit differently. It just looked a little bit, uh, a little bit different uh, in my mind. And in my current life stage, I, I've realized um, how crucial it is or what it's looked like for me is that it basically is, is me having to say every single day, today, Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you. Like each day, <laughs> every single day, I have to come and say, today, I'm going to choose to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to choose to listen to you, Holy Spirit, and to follow your lead. I'm not going to try and perform for you. I'm not going to try and earn your approval. I don't have to do that. Uh, You've already given me your approval through Jesus. I'm not going to try and get stuff from you so that I can um, do whatever it is that I want. Uh, I'm not going to try and use you to, to accomplish some great dreams that I have for my life. What I'm discovering... Uh, or maybe rediscovering in my own journey uh, with Jesus, is that doing life with him, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to empower and lead me daily, involves me continually asking this one question that keeps popping up for me, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks. This is a question that I've kept, uh, keeps popping up, and that's this question. Where am I leaning? Where am I leaning? There's a popular passage of scripture that's not in your outline. It's from Um, Proverbs chapter 3, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And there's a distinct relationship between trusting and leaning. Right? 
There's a really distinct relationship between trusting and leaning. And I have the choice every single day to either trust and lean on God or to trust and lean on something else. And there are lots of other choices that, that, I, that I can lean on. I can lean on my own understanding, like the verse says. I can lean on my uh, financial status. I can lean on my job status. I can lean on my strengths and abilities. I can lean on another person. I can lean on whatever my preferences or desires are at that time. But what, I've, what, what, I'm learning, what I'm learning more and more is that the thing about leaning is that you can't lean in two directions at once, right? Like, if you ever try it, it looks ridiculous. You should try it later today. Try leaning two different directions at once. It's really hard to do, okay? But you can't, if you're going to lean on something, you have to choose which direction or what you're going to lean on. And, so the, and that's what the writer of the Proverbs is saying is like, look, choose God. Trust him. Lean on him. Don't lean on yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. He says in all of your ways, in all, of, in all that you do, in all the stuff that you're doing in your everyday life, acknowledge him. Recognize that he's there. Remember that you're leaning on him. And as you do, he's going to lead you where to go. He will direct you. He will make your paths clear and straight. And so doing life with God means that every day I'm making an intentional decision to say, okay, today, God, I'm going to lean on you. I know there's other things that I could lean on. There's other things that I've even been leaning on. But today I'm going to choose to lean on you. And here's the other thing about leaning, which relates to to what we're talking about, is that if you're leaning on something, you know when it's moving, right? You know when it's moving. And in order to keep leaning on it, you're going to have to move with it, right? So if you're leaning on something, you know when that thing starts to move. And if you're going to keep leaning on it, you've got to move with it. And so when I think about this idea of being an empowered storyteller, uh, when I think about being led by the Holy Spirit to be a witness of Jesus, of God's story, and, and as well as my own story, that's the picture that I, that I right now at least, I'm getting in my, I get in my mind, is being someone who leans on God, and while that's happening, I follow his lead, I share uh, with others the truth about both who I'm leaning on, as well as how leaning on him is changing me. So I have the, I'm sharing both his story as well as my story. So maybe, that, maybe for you, that's a helpful way to think about it. Maybe you have a better way to think about it that works better for you. But maybe that's a question you want to start to ask yourself each day is, where am I leaning today? Where am I leaning today? Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Extending our trip involves living as God's empowered storytellers. And we have a, a really cool opportunity today uh, to hear from and pray for a couple of folks uh, who are from Daybreak who have been leaning on God, and that leaning has led them to literally the other side of the world, uh, to the Philippines. Uh, Matt and Becky Beck and their family serve uh, there and are back home here in the U.S. for a little bit, uh, and they've come today to share a little bit of their story, and we have a video uh, that's going to tell you a little bit about them before we meet Becky. This is Matt and Becky Beck and their sons Isaiah, Elijah, and Aiden. A few years ago, God opened Matt and Becky's hearts to the plight of children living on the streets in the Philippines. In the capital city alone, there are more than 100,000 street children. They beg, work, eat, play, and sleep right on the streets. For Matt and Becky, these are the children they're called to serve. In 2011, they went into the heart of Southeast Asia to work with these children in crisis. 
Matt and Becky partnered with an organization called Action International Ministries. Action is a nonprofit Christian agency that seeks to bring hope to underprivileged children worldwide. Working primarily with the poor, Action employs over 250 international workers in 25 countries. To this day, Matt and Becky continue to partner with the local Filipino church. They help provide meals, education, practical skills, and bring the message of Christ's love and hope to some of the least of these in Southeast Asia. Two of the kids we have been working with in our church's program for street kids are named Christina and Christelle. They are nine-year-old twin girls who live with their three siblings and their father in a 12 by 12 foot square house. Two years ago, a powerful typhoon swept through Manila and the area where they were living was severely affected by flooding. During this time, their mother abandoned the family and they have not had contact with her since. Their father works all day, so they are left to fend for themselves and spend most of their day on the streets. We would go to their house to pick them up for program and Christina and Christelle would be outside looking through garbage, trying to find bottles, cardboard, anything they could sell to a junk shop to get a little money. Then they would buy candy, chips, something like that because they weren't usually fed breakfast or lunch. Christina or Christelle or their 12-year-old sister would watch their two-year-old brother all day in the street. We met the twins two years ago at our church's program for street kids. At first, they were always getting into fights with the other kids. We also noticed that they had really low self-confidence. During the program, I'd have the kids do a craft once a week. Christina and Christelle are really good artists, so they get really excited about whatever project we are working on. However, after working on it for about half an hour, they get really frustrated or compare their project to someone else's and say, I hate this, and rip it up. This happened over and over again. Also at the beginning of our time there, when they were learning to read, we would try to have them sound out an easy word, but they wouldn't even try. They would put their heads down or they would begin to disrupt the class. It was obvious that they were insecure and struggling with low self-esteem. During the two years that we were helping at the program, we tried to encourage them as much as we could. As they would sound out words or try to do a math problem, we'd say, you can do this or keep going. Also, as they worked on their crafts, we'd let them know what a good job they were doing. We really wanted them to know how valuable they are to God. It has been encouraging to see the way God has been working in their lives. They get along better with the other kids, they're eager to learn, and they raise their hands when asked who wants to volunteer to read different phrases. Many times they also excitedly show us the projects that they've completed. They're also participating more in the Bible stories that they're learning. We are so thankful for the privilege of showing God's love to Christina and Christelle by encouraging their God-given abilities. Okay, so after spending a couple of years, their first few years on the field in the Philippines, we're so glad to welcome them home for a couple months. This is Becky, and her husband Matt is over at the other campus, and all three of their boys are in different places today, um, but a couple of months ago, they came home uh, to spend some time here with their friends and supporters, their church family, and they traveled 8,583 miles on an airplane with three young children. Can I just say... Okay. Um, <laughs> that alone is a calling, right? <laughs> so um, we're just really, really privileged to have Becky with, here with us today, and we want to spend a moment uh, to pray for them. Um, but before we do that, um, we just want to, uh, you know, God has created me to kind of have my heart race when we talk about global 
ministry, and I know it be- the same for Matt and Becky, and from the time they were little kids, um, God has placed on their heart a calling to work with street kids, and so today you saw a video of just one story of two of those kids, but if any of you um, are interested in hearing more about the ministry that Matt and Becky are doing um, through Daybreak, but with Action International Ministries. Um, they're hosting an open house tonight from 6 to 8 o'clock over at the other campus, and right at six, right about at 6.30, we'll do our best uh, to start right around 6.30. They're going to have a special presentation to show some more pictures and share more stories and give you really more of an inside look into what God has called them to join them and, and how he's working in the Philippines with street kids. So please, if you don't have anything else going on tonight, um, feel free to come out with your family at 6.30. And also you can uh, come and give Becky a hug or shake her hand, sign up for a newsletter, grab a prayer card uh, back at Ministry Central right after the service. Um, We would love, uh, she would love to meet you and we'd love to interact with you a little bit. So Becky, as we pray for you guys, um, can you just share with everyone how we can best be praying for you and your family right now? Uh, well, first of all, we can, we'll just like to ask you to pray uh, for these street kids and, and teens there in the Philippines, uh, ones like Christina and Christelle that are just suffering from low self-confidence. Many of them, almost all of them probably suffer from this and other hurts, other problems that they need to work through, they need to find God's healing for. So just pray that they'll find God's healing in their lives because of all the things that they've experienced there on the street. And another thing we can pray is this, that we'll really, God will really prepare us to return to the Philippines in early February. Uh, he'll just really be working in our hearts and just really prepare us in every way so that we'll be ready to go then. And I just want to say thank you to Daybreak family. It's because of you guys that we're there in the Philippines. Um, just thank you for your prayers, for your emotional, financial support. When we're over there, it's really like you guys are right there with us because it's because of you, you that we're even able to be there. So thank you so much. Yeah, and as we pray, uh, I just want to encourage everyone that as they are serving in the Philippines, that means Daybreak is in the Philippines. Daybreak isn't just in Mechanicsburg or in Enola or in all the communities where you live, but we have a presence in the Philippines, and that's a beautiful way that God has called us to contribute to his work around the world. And so just be encouraged by that this morning as we pray for the Becks. So will you join me in praying for them? God, it's incredible to imagine how you have such a deep, deep love for every single person on this planet. And throughout all of time, you have loved every single person on this planet. And you pursue us and long to be in relationship with us. And so, God, we just pray an incredible blessing over Matt and Becky and the unique and specific role that you have called them to in serving the street children in the Philippines. We pray that you would anoint their ministry with uh, just fresh and new and beautiful ways as they seek to creatively empower children and to encourage them and to breathe hope and life and value and self-worth into these children. And as they provide not only their practical needs like healthy meals and a a warm place to study or a cool place to study, Uh, but that also as you empower these leaders and their Matt and Becky and their family and their team uh, to also provide for the emotional and spiritual needs of these children. And as every single one of them have a, a different broken story, that as you come in to redeem them, that they would embrace truth and wholehearted change. And we're just amazed by your love for all people, and as you use Matt and Becky and their team, uh, would you would you know, help them to know that you are with them? Uh, 
as we've been talking about this morning, that you are with us, God. And especially as Matt and Becky prepare to go back in February with their family, uh, take care of all the many details that are required in relocating a family halfway around the world, uh, provide for all their needs, protect them, give them hope and, and grace and, and excitement for their return to the, to the field. We love you, Lord, and we worship you this morning, and we thank you and are humbled with the privilege of being able to join you in what you're doing in street children in the Philippines. We love you. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Will you guys thank Matt and Becky for your support today? Thank you, guys. As we wrap up today, I want to invite you to turn to the back of your outline. Uh, There's a couple of... uh, ways that you can practically respond. Some of them we've already talked about today. They're kind of categorized by praying, giving, and going. I just want to encourage you to take a look at those, both local and global ways that you can respond to some of the things that we've talked about. There's quite a few uh, of them in there. Um, Also, if you write missional updates on your response card today, we'll get you connected to the emails that we send out regularly about uh, ways to pray, give, and go related to the local and global things that, that Daybreak is connected to. Um, also, I want to ask you to go ahead and pull out your response card. The worship team is going to lead us here in a minute. We want to give you a chance to just re- uh, record how you've been challenged today. Uh, maybe there's a, just a really practical way that you felt challenged. Uh, you know, like, hey, this is what God's calling me to do. He's calling me to, to, to pray in this way or to, to give in this, this particular way. Um, or maybe you, you felt like God's just nudging you with that whole missional heart idea. Even, either, even that's a, Maybe that's a new concept for you or one that you recognize just hasn't been a part of of your uh, perspective. And so maybe uh, you want to begin to ask God, say, God, would you, get, would you start to develop that missional perspective uh, in me? Uh, or maybe that, that idea of leaning on him is something that you recognize that that's something that you need to, to either start doing or to, to, to do again. And so I want to encourage you, however you've been challenged today, as these guys lead us over these next few minutes, uh, don't miss an opportunity to respond to him.